Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Leadership Jam session. Today's episode is going to consist of a discussion that took place during one of my leadership workshops called the Coach Jam session, where you're going to hear us talking about best practices and techniques on how to assess whether or not somebody has self-awareness during the interview process. So if you're a manager trying to hire for an open position, how do you determine who the real person is sitting down in front of you and whether or not they have or lack self-awareness? So take a listen, and I'll come back on and highlight a few key summaries on the back end. How are the leaders at all levels of management tackling the toughest challenges each day? That's the question. And this podcast is the answer. I'm Rob Fonte. And I'm bringing on the brightest minds in management to share practical solutions to those challenges you're facing. Let's get ready to jam. What we're looking for is who's the real person showing up. Some of the techniques that each of you spoke of is definitely helping to to try to get that self-awareness, right? Try to see, A, number one, who's the person sitting in front of of me and and what level of self-awareness do they have? There are very good interviewers out there. They are like professional interviewers and come very well prepared to answer that question, something related to what are you currently working on? What do you want to be coached on? Right. And so I'm just curious, anything that you do to, to take it even further, to try to, to go even deeper. Yep. Okay. Yep. Kevin. So to your point, Rob, professional interviews, I, I think I had one of those yesterday, literally, it really boils down to following their question, their answers into a rabbit hole. Like, all right, let's go there. I'm working on, I have too much passion sometimes. Oh, let's talk about that. And what does that mean? And and boiling down to, okay, so what does that look like? Then what are you doing to improve it, right? How are you working on it? Have you been coached? And, and she's like, I'm reading books. I'm like, oh, well, tell me more. What books have you found to help you with that? Guess what came up? That book that's over your shoulder, It's Your Ship. I'm like, well, that's kind of more leadership. That's not helping. And I went, okay. So maybe we're getting just a bait because she hadn't thought through the whole thing, right? Yeah. And so um, that that came up yesterday. And I think you have to follow it down the rabbit hole to say, okay, you, you gave me this answer. Let's go there and let's play with that for a while. And things will usually pop out and you go, huh, all right, that's either truthful, I feel, or it's not. And you can make determinations from there. Just curious, was she uh, was she in one of my courses? Not that I'm aware of. Oh, all right. <laughs> Yeah. Talk about going down a rabbit hole. Yeah. All right. Rich. Uh, Yeah. Kevin, a a former manager of mine, I think yours too, called it peeling the onion. Yes. (laughs) Yes, he does. (laughs) I'm going to steal something else that he taught me too. um, And that to to address this concern, tell me about a mistake that you've made recently and uh, what you learned from it. And I tell you that if you get someone that can't think of one, that's for me, that's a tough one to swallow. If you can't think of one mistake you've made in the last, you know, in the last five, 10 years, pick something, you know, if you can't, if they're sitting there scratching their head, uh, I get a little concerned. Yeah. I mean, usually when I get that question, I'm like, how much time do we have? We can be here a, a, a long time. You mean today? today right. <laughs> talking today, yesterday. So yeah, very interesting, right? So yeah. That's a great one. Sorry, it's just so great because that's a big thing about emotional intelligence to be able to even admit that you've made a mistake, right? And then how did you handle it? Do you take accountability? It pulls out so much. I really like Kevin's comment too about going into the rabbit hole or peeling the onion. 
that it's it's really picking up on these cues, right? That they say in the interview and 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 honing in on them. Yeah, go ahead, Denise. I was just going to say, I, I I try to disarm people when I'm interviewing them and in terms of about, we all have areas of opportunity, you know, areas that we're working on. I can't get some of these expense reports approved in a timely manner. And I really am letting my team down. And it's kind of like it, it disarms them and allows them to be a little more honest and human with me. Love the whole notion of, of disarming. That really is a, a great technique in terms of you want to try to create a very welcoming warming environment because you're trying to get their guard down, which hopefully you see the true person, which hopefully gets to some of that that EQ information, right? Whether they have it or not, because self-awareness is tied into emotional intelligence for sure. So, you know, you do have to kind of at least try to get them to drop their guard down to see who the real person is. Rich and then Jim? Yeah, I was actually going to comment on the same thing, the importance of of starting off the interview in a relaxing way, and it really sets the tone for the whole interview. If you're not able to kind of allow them to relax, a lot of that stuff sometimes stays close to the best. So I was basically going to comment on the same thing that Denise said. Yeah, and and using like yourself as the examples, there's no better way to do that than that, right? Saying, well, here's what I'm working on, or here's what mistake I made today and yesterday and the day before, and um, but I don't want to take up all the time on the interview. So what mistake have you made? All right, Jim? Uh, building on that theme of trying to get people comfortable, I, I don't know what all of you do, but I'm sure most people have another manager interview, at least one other manager interview their candidates. Um, but I've really taken advantage of uh, getting my team involved in the interview process and kind of giving people a role. And one of my senior uh, reps on my team, um, sometimes they call her the velvet assassin because she is great at disarming people. Like she's just like, you know, hey, look, I'm just here. Like I'm at the end of my career. Like I'm here to answer questions about Jim and his idiosyncrasies. And she just gets some, she does a really good job of getting people you know, comfortable and like, oh, okay, look, I can trust her. And, um, you know, she's gotten some stuff out of people that, you know, kind of slip through in the in the first round of questions um, during the interview process. I think there's something about that. Not to mention, you know, when you get your your team involved, I mean, this is a potential peer member. It kind of, you know, it starts that process of, of bonding with the team, you know, early on. The Velvet Assassin. Yeah. yeah Love that term. One of, our, one of the other senior reps. It wasn't me that gave her that. It was one of the right. other senior reps that, you know. So key takeaway here from this call already, who on your team can serve as the Velvet Assassin in the interview? Yes. Very nice. <laughs> Right. Right. What I'm just going to jump into is also having self-awareness as the interviewer, because, you know, you get these standard questions like this, is what they want you to this format, but to, you know, the disarming piece, it's so important because you have to also be able to ask insightful questions that, you know, would be beneficial to your team. And so I think that's also important as a leader is to not stick to this candid format. And those questions, yes, the star format, all that's important, but it's really getting down at an hour. You don't have time sometimes for all of that. You have, you just have to go a lot of your own emotional intelligence on the, on the read of people and asking questions that, you know, would help your team. So that's to me, uh, you know, a little buck in the company a little bit here, but some of those questions are not always how you're really going to dive deep into the the process of the interview and really finding the best candidate. And I think it's a great point you're bringing up because one of the key strategies here and technique is what we were talking about earlier. I'll go back to it in terms of, of you know, following them down the rabbit hole, peeling the onion. You have to be able to pivot on the dime. You have to be able to really listen for that and almost at times, you know, at that point, you, you kind of put the playbook to the aside 
and you have to be able to adapt in the moment and go deeper, right? And so to your point, Tracy, you do have to have that discipline to, to be aware of, okay, I need to kind of step away from whatever playbook I'm supposed to be using and just see where this goes type of thing. What's the strategy behind using employees? Is it the same as what Jim, Jim talked about or is there a different strategy behind it as well? For me, it's I try to identify something in my interview with that person that stuck out as, I don't know, one of the identifiers of, of a lack of self-awareness, like conflict with other people, for example. So that, I'll just assign them that as kind of their goals to figure out how they, you know, what pisses them off at work? How do they deal with other people? How do they overcome the issues with other people? So I can see if, um, if, they're, if they're able to overcome those issues. All right. So you, yep. James? I, I would uh, sometimes recruit folks I know that are really strong in certain areas that are important to the job. So folks that value high level of collaboration and can spot whether someone's highly collaborative, I bring that person into the interview to ask that type of question or someone else that is very strong in another area and have them come in, someone that also has high emotional intelligence um, and knows, you know, what the team might be looking for has had experience working in that area. So I, I try to be strategic around that. And then also line them up, uh, as, as was mentioned earlier, you get these questions that sometimes you're forced to ask from the organization, whether they're around values or, you know, the mission statement, things like that. I try to match up even the right person to that type of question because they're better at either serving it up and digging deep to Kevin's point. So there's a little bit of strategic uh, elements in terms of who you bring in. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I've been used many times as as that strategy. Like I was going in and I had an assignment in terms of what I was responsible for in terms of the questions I would ask and try to uncover based on, on what the uh, interviewer knew my strengths were as well. So, and that can be very effective for sure. So I think that is a great strategy as well. I think it's always good to have an extra set of eyes and ears because what you may hear, somebody else may take on different you know, tone or perspective. And and we did a lot of this collaboration interview with, um, we have a contract sales force. So the manager at the time, and he and I would, you know, tag team these calls together or interviews the calls, but um, afterwards we'd circle back and it was like 99 out of a hundred times we were spot on about the feedback on the candidate, but it's just, I also think whoever you're interviewing with, you have to be on that same page of what really basically like the pre-call plan of what you're really looking for. And so that's the part of it too, is just to be in sync with whoever you've asked to, to help you out. So in terms of even, you know, maybe having like a pre-call with the interview team that you put together and kind yes. of setting yeah, up hey, some expectations. And... Yeah, exactly. Yep, For my own team, Rob, I think I, I use my teammate, team members to assess how they would fit in kind of in the pack, right? I want to make sure that they're going to gel with the pack and They'll come back to me real quick and go, mm, this is not your kind of person or this is your kind of people and that I can't wait. Right. And so you can get a real quick assessment. Like I've looked for a lot of other things. But for me, uh, Jim, I have one. I've always called it the velvet hammer instead of the assassin. Uh, but it's it's she'll find out real quick. Like this person's going to fit within this group and mesh and not tear the dynamic of the team up, or this person's gonna be really disruptive. And that sometimes from that perspective is another thing that I look for. Mm, excellent. Okay, great. Yeah. Rich? Yeah, I was gonna add a similar thing to Kevin and then to add to that, you know, you know, basically, can you work with this person? You know, are you gonna enjoy working with this person? So uh, I think that's a really important part too. Very similar to what Kevin said, it could really disrupt things if for whatever reason, they kind of butt heads or they, they, they're abrasive to them or whatever. 
the case may be, but uh, definitely can you work with this person ultimately? And, you know, using your employees uh, just has additional added benefit to it, just from the standpoint of, you know, building even more trust with your team, right? Then knowing that you're using them as part of the process, that goes a long way. I mean, Mm -hmm. it goes a long way with employees. Um, Yeah. So well said. It is interesting. I don't think I've ever hired any employee without having one, at least one member of my team in the interview process. Right. So I've never hired for any opening that I have without having my one of my employees at least involved in the process for all the reasons you talked about. And I even took a more simple approach to it. Uh, In most cases, the direction I gave them was you don't have to ask any questions because the other part of this, too, is sometimes depending on the organization, you might not even be allowed. It might be frowned upon because of, you know, if they've never gone through an interview workshop. So it gets into some of the the legalities of of that. However, so part of it is just protecting your employees. I just would tell the candidate that you're going to meet with one or two of my members. It's your time to ask whatever questions you want of them, of the team, of even me. Ask them about me. And so sometimes I use that as a way of assessing the type of questions they would ask the team of those members. But at the same time, it did help to drop their guard down. And many times, because they were just talking like a peer-to-peer, my employees uncovered things that I would have never uncovered in the interview. And we passed on on a few members because of that. So, yeah. You know, Jim? I, when I started um, doing it, it, it was a combination of things. It was, I was new as a manager and I was looking for like somebody had said like another set of eyes and just some, you know, some support. Um, in addition, uh, the way that we were structured when I was first leading this team, we had a lot of, we had like an overlay. We had like a key account rep that would overlap with a couple other so, you know, you were looking for those, the, the seeds of like, is this going to be a tight team? Are they not going to be able to, to kind of work together? So that's kind of like how it started with me. But then I found some of these other, uh, these other pieces and, and like currently we're not, we're no longer structured that way, having overlapping customer responsibilities. But I still think it's, it's such an important part of, you know, we've talked a lot about this on, on the call. Each one of you guys is obviously somebody who's trying to build a team. And I think that you know, giving them a piece of that, like, who do you want to bring into the family? I think that's a really important part, um, you know, to, to, to start early. Because of course, if there are problems down down the road, you could always go back and say, well, you know, you you gave the approval too. We, we're in this together now type of thing. So any other techniques in terms of trying to uncover and assess self-awareness that we haven't talked about yet? As an example, I think one of the questions that I like to ask, I'm sure a number of you do as well, is what is your proudest accomplishment, your most important accomplishment, you know, personal or professional? And I think that potentially can give you a lot of insight into the individual. You know, everyone likes to talk about, you know, their whatever, their favorite things. Uh, but if you can serve it up right and, and if the, um, again, the person's got, you know, whether they prepare for that or not, most people should be able to talk about something that they're proud of in, in their life. But I think it can give you um, a lot of insight as to what motivates them. You know, what's really important if you're asking for the most important accomplishment, um, you'll, you know, learn a little bit of what's going on behind, you know, the curtain. I have used that question as there's, there's two questions. I always wrap up my, well, three, I guess, when I wrap up my interviews. That's one of them. What's the greatest accomplishment you have, you know, you've had in life? And I would say outside of your family, because a lot of times they would just go right to, well, my kids, my, I mean, that's just a given. 
And so I would take that off the table. To your point, Jim, right, it's great to see just sometimes you need to go beyond the work to try to understand who the individuals are. I would then follow up with a, uh, all right, now share with me what's your, what do you regret the most? That in itself, that question really targets the whole self-awareness piece. Yeah. So Rob, I think that's a, a very fine point that you bring up is that there is a distinction between emotional self-awareness and kind of uh, how you accept maybe coaching. So maybe as a part of a team, are you going to be able to deal with the team without blowing up on the team? Or how do you handle yourself in these situations? That emotional self-awareness is also critical. And so regrets and those sort of things can dig into that emotional piece versus coaching piece. And I think there are two fine lines there that you can't confuse. 100% right. And it's great to just talk about questions because the art of really uncovering the self-awareness piece is through questions and going back to what Rich and, and Kevin said before and going even really staying with it to go deeper. All right. So before I highlight a few key takeaways for you, I first want to thank the leaders who participated in my workshop, appreciate all of their best practices and the insights that they shared with us. All right. So the first key takeaway here is interviewing is really all about asking the right questions, the type of questions that really help to uncover who the person is sitting in front of you. And you heard us provide a few great examples of some of the questions, and we'll put them in the show notes for you. But asking questions only gets you so far, which takes you to the second key takeaway, which is the ability to pivot in the moment and to go much deeper. Loved how Kevin talked about the rabbit hole. Sometimes your candidates, they're going to put themselves in the rabbit hole and you want to follow them into it. You want to go as deep as you can. Asking questions is about picking up on the right cues and as Rich talked about, also peeling the onion. So you're listening and trying to pick up on these cues and just taking the interview much deeper in certain areas, which means as Tracy talked about, there are times you're just going to have to put down the playbook. Whatever interview guide you were given, you're going to have to put that to the side and latch on to a very specific area that, that you think you might have to go deeper. Even if it takes you more time and it eats up some of that interview time, if you have to go deeper, go deeper. And then the other key takeaway here is the ability to really recruit and include your colleagues and from what you heard, your employees, and use them in the interview process, particularly when it comes to trying to disarm your candidates. Another key takeaway there, we want to really make the interview environment a safe environment. So we want to disarm them, even use ourselves as examples of areas that we're trying to develop in, but your employees can certainly help bring about some more self-awareness just by injecting them into the process. So we will put all of these key takeaways and a lot of this information in the show notes. And I appreciate you listening to today's episode. And if you like what we're doing, please subscribe. And we will see you on the next Leadership Jam session. Thanks, take care. Thanks so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend or colleague who you think might also get some value from it. I'm Rob Fonte. And I'll see you on the next episode of the Leadership Jam Session Podcast.